We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Clark Ford Studio here with you uh, this morning. A, uh, an eclectic collection of topics for you today on the uh, show. We had a few, uh, few things most of you guys are talking about, a few things we just want to talk about. It's our show. We do what we want. So we'll uh, do that for Hell you yeah. to, uh, yeah, you know, get a little <laughs> dictatorship going on today. Um, some topics we definitely won't talk about today, speaking of dictatorships. That and more coming up on uh, the show, the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. The uh, weekend's coming up. Let them uh, handle a dinner for you. Maybe you're going after the pool. It's going to be hot enough. Rest for dang sure. You can uh, get some ribs, get some sides. They bring those in uh, in cups and quarts and whatever size you would like there. The ribs, wet or dry, call ahead. They'll be ready to go. They'll wrap them up. Just walk in, pick them up, walk out, have dinner. Have uh, food for your get-together this weekend with the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West again in Oxford. Download the Exxon mobile app. You know, you get 1,000 bonus points, $10 off with 1,000 bonus points, including right there at the pump you're filling up at the time. Take a picture of the QR code. It'll automatically open it up. Again, 1,000 points with Blue Sky here in Oxford and all Exxon mobile locations around Mississippi. And again, coming from the Clark Ford Studio. We do have a little cooling coming this way. You, had, you, had, you what, what button did you hit that was incorrect? I don't know. Oh, okay. Hit the wrong. I, I don't know that I hit a button. Okay. Okay. High Friday is only 85. High Saturday is 84. There's some rain in the forecast. We need it badly. High Sunday is just 83. Look at us. Yeah, because it's going to rain a little bit here in the next like. Week. I hope so. Yeah, it's, it's actually going to rain a little bit. Not we need it. It's really dry. I did the yard yesterday, and it was just, everything was just dry. Anyway, Clark Ford, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it, ask for Corey Clark. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Uh, ask for Corey Clark and uh, tell him what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. 
multiple times now, recommend that you do. And let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest, join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, get out of the heat, get out of the rain maybe this weekend. Grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizer, uh, full bar, great beer selection and more. Also, uh, Rafters New Albany. And this weekend, don't forget, Rafters on the Water out at Sardis. Uh, get a frozen margarita, a beer, and enjoy a little cool off while you're enjoying the water out at Sardis. So, he's about to get paid, DK Metcalf. Yesterday, he uh, he does what they call a, a hold-in instead of a hold-out. He showed up at the facility. He was there. He was hanging out. He was in a good mood. He just didn't practice. It is, I, I guess it is a more polite way to hold out where you go, hey, I'm with you. We just got to get some business taken care of. It's all right. And I, and I don't feel like if it's quick, nobody really holds the holdout against you, though, right? No, not if you're a veteran who has yeah. earned it. And you're about to get paid, and you're there. I mean, the Seahawks aren't going to be impacted negatively because DK Metcalf didn't practice on July the 27th. He'll be all right. I mean... He's breaking in a new quarterback, and we saw how good those guys are yesterday, or a couple of days ago with yeah. the tears, but... I mean, if a rookie were pulling this, or a second-year guy, you'd be like, hey, dude, you're, let's you, go. Let's pay, you pay your dues. Shut up. But no, when a guy that's... He's proven he's a, he's a star in the league, and he's about to get paid, and... He's there. It's not a story. It's if anything, it's like yeah, it's all good. I mean, you can kind of hear that. It's a story for the beat because it's like, hey, he's here, cool. All right, moving on. Blah 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 blah. Well, in the NFL beat training camp, you just grind. Everything's a story. Everything's a story, and you're just writing. Um, and the fact that he was there but not practicing is a story. He's one of the highest profile players on the team, and his future, frankly, is somewhat in doubt. Not because of his performance, but because whether he wants to stay there when they are no longer in a winning window. And I don't think they're in a winning window. So, I don't know. It's, all, it's good for him. I mean, good for DK. He's about to get paid. About to really get paid. I think $100 million, four years. Is yeah, sort he, of a, he's, got a, he's got an AJ contract coming up. Yeah, it says that he um, he missed all three days of mandatory veteran minicamp in June with an unexcused absence, meaning he was subject, subject to about 95000 in fines. And would have been subject to fines of forty thousand for each missed day of training camp had he not shown up. So he's actually saving himself forty grand a day by uh, coming coming to the facility, even if he does not practice. The, the The contract just stipulates he has to be in attendance. Yeah, so he is in attendance. No, but they're going to get it done. Yeah, Carroll seemed a little frustrated on Wednesday. He thought that a new contract, frankly, would have already been done by that point, but that it is close and it will be done very uh, very quickly. So. He and A.J. Brown share an agent, it's not a surprise, um, said that it will look very similar to, yes, Brown's four-year, $100 million deal um, that he signed in the offseason. Says that uh, it will be comparable also to the Washington Commanders' Terry McLaurin. He received 23.5 annually in new money in his extension, and Cooper Cup, who just got $26.7 million from the Los Angeles Rams. Metcalf last year, 967 on 75 catches and 12 touchdowns. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Well, always, good. always like DK. I, Known DK since he was in high school. He committed really early. Um, he was eighth grade. Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, eighth yeah. grade. I think so, right? Uh, I don't know. We had him up on the site at least in the eighth grade. I don't remember if that was a commitment. If that was, he graduated OHS in. 
I mean, don't lose to me. Sixteen. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he was a senior when my oldest was a freshman. I think that's right. So good for him. Getting we thought that he and AJ would both get paid one day, and yeah, for sure they have. I have in fourteen years on this job. <clears throat> he was a class of sixteen. Yes. Okay, fourteen years on this job, I have called rivals twice. Okay, about players mm-hmm. saying I think they're underranked. Uh huh. And DK and AJ were the two. Oh, both of them. That's it. Because you were you were obsessed with AJ when you saw him at. Was he playing Oxford? What was that? Uh, no, he's playing in the state championship at Vault Hemingway. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I mean, you were like, oh, my. He was yeah, a superstar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he was a four-star, and so I, I was very polite about it. I said, I'm not saying you're wrong, but if there are receivers better than this guy, send me the film. I just want to watch. Not telling you you're wrong. Uh, yeah. But who's that cat? Let's, but, let's, let's, but can we talk about those people? Because I want to see them play. I want to make sure that I, they're on my radar. Yeah. I said, I, if, if this kid that I just saw is not a five-star player, then holy cow, how, how good must the five stars be, was what I said. And subsequently, I was told that I was right. AJ was a five-star. I'm not one of these people that bitch. But the problem that you get with rivals is that you get some team sites that are just fanboy crazy, and every kid who commits to them, no matter what, they're like, he's underrated, he's underrated, it's criminal. And it was, you know, I mean, look, especially before he committed, I mean, all, you know, the Ole Miss fan base, rivals, recruiting rankings, everybody liked it. it was, there was an obvious comparison there between DK and AJ, and DK did not do some of the things as well as AJ did for sure, but his elite skills are so elite that that's what mattered yeah. for, for, for DK. The, the, the knock on DK then was, does he have the top-level speed to be whatever? And it was like, yeah, but I'm watching this, and no one can guard him, and he's a monster in high school. Mm-hmm. I got him as a four star more than I got AJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ yeah. was. You guys are missing this. This is just. This is. DK wasn't crazy ranked wrongly. He was. I think he ended up at like seventy or something. And it's like okay. Yeah, um, he was underrated. It's, 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 it's low, but it's not egregious to the level that AJ would have been wherever he was. Yeah, the, the AJ thing, and then there would you know someone was well, there's no film on Mississippi guys. It's like stop, <laughs> stop, just stop and watch him play. <clears throat> It doesn't matter. Clearly, did not impact AJ. They're both okay. They're gonna. They're gonna. It, it appears it. that AJ can pay the light bill. I remember how how raw, but how good DK was. I watched him play basketball against. It was Oxford and South Haven, so it was against Terrence Davis. Yeah, on the same floor, and two dudes who were just so athletic. I mean, like, forget basketball skills or anything else, but you watched it and went, holy hell. It oh, yeah, for sure. The level of athleticism compared to everyone else on the floor for, for, for those two guys on that team. Because I'm trying to remember, I, I guess it's possible Jarkel was on that team too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah he was. He played with DK. Yeah. So. He, was, he was the better basketball player, yeah, sure. obviously. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Terrence was obviously a pretty good basketball player. DK would just go rebound wouldn't jump out of the gym yeah, like it sure. was the, yeah it was the straight up just jumping 
natural athleticism that he that he that he possessed on the basketball floor. Because because look, it's that it's one of the reasons we like hockey so much. It's one of the reasons why sitting really close in an NBA game is so interesting. Because when you get those guys in small confines, you see it so much more of just how good they are compared to the normal human being. You know, in a big football sure. field, sometimes it gets lost because it's just a bunch of people running around and it's 120 yards and it's all this stuff. But in those enclosed environments like that, you go, whoa, no, that's... Oh, yeah, it was one of the things that, that like, at the NBA Summer League games, you could really see the elite players because you were up close and you could really see the elite players, how just how elite they are. Like Keegan Murray, for example, I mean... I watched him go for 29, and he just he can score on so many different levels. He's so smooth. He's so explosive. You got to see, like, you read about stuff, and you're just like, oh, whatever. But, like, oh, he's a great rim protector. He's a great backside defender. And yet when you watch it up close, you're like, oh, I see what they're talking about. It's hard to get to the rim against that guy. And it's, I mean, I guess it's technically every professional sport because, I mean, if you see a professional golfer that actually is good up close, you go, oh, okay, that's 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 the way it even sounds and comes off. I mean, you know, one of the best things from that standpoint, tennis, because you're seeing actually what those the top spin looks like, what the serves look like. Mm-hmm. With, you know, I've seen Djokovic play in person. And it's like, whoa, okay, that that's not. It's not what you see at the country. Club. No, 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 no. That, 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 that's, I mean, because you, you leave and it's like, it's like with all great athletes, you go, how do they hit that? Like, how do they literally hit that? Yeah. How do you return it? Yeah. What does that look like? So, Well, that's the guy at Wimbledon that lost to Djokovic. I mean, his serves, I mean, some of his serves were so good that Djokovic didn't even try. And you're like, that's arguably the greatest tennis player ever, and he can't return it. So what does that tell you? Yeah. it's it, it's it, it shows you the psychopath level of, Agassi's dad. I've talked about this a lot because I think Agassi has maybe the best sports biography ever written, and uh, mostly because J.R. Mulringer ghost wrote it, and he's so good. But when Agassi was like seven years old, his dad rigged the ball machine in his yard and turned it up to like 120 miles an hour for a seven-year-old, and Andre was so short that he had to hit the ball on the way up, or it would bounce off his head. So that's how he became the best returner in tennis history, at least at the time that he played, because when they hit those big top spin serves, it would hit, and Agassi's hitting it on the way up. As soon as it hits the ground, he's hitting it there, because that's what he did as a seven-year-old, because his dad was psychotic. I mean, his dad made Earl Woods look like a normal suburban dad at times. And I could just never be that kind of dad. <laughs> I mean, I, I just couldn't. I don't think <laughs> I have that in me, which is probably good. Yeah, it's, it's a good look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look, but, look. Like, for every one kid who turns out like Agassi. Well, because you had to have the psycho father with a kid that actually has unlimited but, athletic ability from that standpoint. Yeah, you think about it. You know there are, for every one, there's a thousand psychos out there that are destroying their children. Yeah. I mean, I would have had no prayer as a seven-year-old of hitting that tennis ball if I'm, if I'm his son. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, for every Marinovich and Agassi and Woods and well, Marinovich screwed was, ended yeah. up being screwed up. I mean, and probably would have been perfectly fine had he just been raised normally. Mm-hmm. He had ability. Yeah, it wasn't like he was a slub. Yeah, Andre Agassi probably would have still become a very good tennis player. <laughs> I, I mean, it is you know, but it's the conflict for him as he got older. Is he realized? hey, my dad was completely and utterly psycho, 
and hey, it really helped. Right. And it's that strange, am I, what is the legacy with my father in a lot of ways? Sure. I mean, cause, it's kind of like Tiger Woods. I mean, the difference was, I got the impression just from things I've read is that Earl Woods was not <laughs> a total psycho. You think there was more method to madness for him? I think it was more driven by love than yeah. it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living vicariously. See, I think Agassi was living vicariously. Yes, it felt like because he he even you know he, it's in the book he set his son up to basically hustle Jim Brown in tennis. Like, what are we doing? Right. Like, at some point, we're just using your kid as a circus act. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think Earl was getting he he saw a. You can debate. His methods as far as what he saw and what he was trying to achieve. But I do believe he was doing it in his head for Tiger's potential and betterment and yeah. to make him this. I mean, he's got some crazy-ass quotes out there, basically, that Tiger was going to change the world through golf. I mean. Yeah. And, and, and as, much, as, much as, one, <laughs> as much as one can, he probably did. He certainly turned a lot of people on to golf who otherwise wouldn't have been turned on to it. Oh, sure. I, I don't it really know, cha- changed I, the sport. Yeah. I don't know that that changed the world any. Yeah, sure. But no, it changed. I mean, it, you know, it did sort of put a dent in, in the people who think everyone is racist. I mean, when you're watching a golf tournament at Augusta. And everybody's cheering for Tiger. And they're all not only cheering for Tiger, but almost religiously cheering for Tiger. It's sort of, well, I mean. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time making your argument today. Yeah. Yeah, as much as I want to make fun of Sean, Ryan, uh, I think we're going to leave him out of that category. Yeah, that's, a, that's a different yeah. different, different level for, for him. Yeah, he yeah he didn't go there. No. There's a lot of him. Oh. A lot of him. I, I don't think people realize how many of those people there are. Yeah. It's the stuff you could tell... If you just didn't give a damn, right? If and you just, just said, "Here we go, here we go," I, I don't care how many barbs I take. It's 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 not. It doesn't bother me. I'm going to go at it. And wrote about dads of college football teams, dads in college football programs. Mm-hmm. You think football's the worst though? Because every sport has psycho parents. No, no, football's not the worst. It would be the one you could really write about. Okay. And it, it is frequently quarterbacks. It is frequently quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he's far from the only one. I mean, I, you could you could dive into it a lot. Uh, no, basketball for sure. College coaches here from parents a lot. And then I'm, I'm guessing in baseball it's, 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 it's very different. Pre- but, yes. but it's prevalent. Yeah. And then you've got the really psychotics in tennis and golf. Yeah, because sure. of the individual nature of it yeah, and the push. And for sure. Yeah, he's I, – I mean, I'm not going to name names, but Patterson is not the only dad who's been – Or the worst. Or the worst. Yeah. He's not – has was no. not the worst. There's been others that have been far worse. Yeah. I did forget that. You're right. I forgot about the, the illustrious media member, in quotes, you're talking to that said DK was not a top ten player in Mississippi. I forgot about that. I forgot that being an angle for six months or so. He's just okay. I mean, he's such a fan that he is. There is no objectivity whatsoever. Well, and you was going to get hits and clicks and promotion too. Could be. You think I'm giving too much credit? 
potentially. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's smart enough to be that, but I don't think that's. I, I just you know, that was primary. I just reason. think he was angry. Yeah, yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark NESPARC service people across rural communities. Two packages: the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the One Gig, the Powers, the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world class broadband. That's NESPARC.com. Six six two two three eight three one five nine. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So again, call the office for details. That's 662-238-3159. Are you looking to diversify? Are you looking to leave the corporate rat race to gain control of your income and schedule? MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy Ludecki guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, if you hate your boss, if you hate your pay, if you feel stuck, Andy can help. Send him an email, Andy, at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Net. Brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. Uh, Solutions RX is pharmaceutical grade manufactured here inside the U.S. under the highest standards based out of Iuka, Mississippi. If you take diabetes, high blood pressure, or cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support to put those vitamins back into your body to help with those side effects, helping you stay more compliant in taking your medications and helping you stay healthier over the long term. It's available uh, in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, and it's also on their website, solutionsrx.com. Type in the promo code OEP at checkout get 10% off of your first order. Brought to you by Holcomb Portable Building, 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb. They custom build your building to your specifications. You pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors. Holcomb makes it happen. In-house financing available. Free delivery and set up within 75 miles of Holcomb as well. 662-226-2233 or go to HolcombBuildings.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. It's uh, hot outside, perfect time for the no-shows. Fall is right around the corner of the football season. You want to get your Ole Miss themed socks, go to DeadSoxy.com. Promo code REBELGROVE, 25% off the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Speaking of upcoming football season, you'll be in the Grove before you know it, like five weeks or something. Uh, Game changer patches would be a pretty nice thing to have when you're in the Grove on a hot day and you're uh, maybe imbibing a little bit. You want that uh, warm-up patch before or while you drink, and then after it's over, the overtime patch to use – after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep, GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at uh, checkout for 20% off your purchase. Podcast is brought to you by Prime Shrimp, PrimeShrimp.com. Use code MPW to get $20 off your first order if you've not done so already. We appreciate the many of you that uh, have. They have the five, the five different shrimp and a bag options that go from freezer to plate in less than 10 minutes and give you restaurant-quality shrimp options right there at home. Fast, reliable, money-back guarantee if you don't like it. Again, with code MPW, got the uh, the signature Louisiana shrimp boil, the French Quarter Alfredo, the Simply Shrimp that you can doctor up yourself or the garlic or butter, and then their newest product, the uh, individually frozen shrimp, just like you get at the grocery store, except higher quality and shipped straight to you. So, again, primeshrimp.com, code MPW for $20 off your first order. I know he hasn't been with the Saints for a couple years now, but I still am, considering the position, I know this is weird, 
I'm having a hard time still with Thomas Morstead, of all people, in a different uniform. He just tweeted something about being with the Dolphins and in a Dolphins uniform. And oh, yeah. as much as you can beloved a punter, um, he had the onside kick to win the Super Bowl or to change the momentum in the Super Bowl in 09, or I guess the 2010 Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I just saw it and I went, I'm still kind of getting a little twinge there off a of, off of punter, which is... Has it been 12 years since the Saints Super Bowl? It was the 2009 season, 2010 Super Bowl. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we had a lot of stuff go down between now and then. Well, that's true. It's been, been, been a few playoff collapses and, and issues and, and, and different things there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time flies, man. Well, I mean, it's been it's been 16 years since the Colts-Bears Super Bowl when the Bears beat the Saints in Soldier Field in, in the NFC title game. Yep. I was there. You were there. We were consoling each, each, me and a bunch of people in a, in a room. It was – I, that was never one though where you thought they were winning the Super Bowl in my mind. Like I did, I never really thought, "Hey, they're about to go take this whole thing." It was still so new, and it was the opening of the era, and you were excited for the future. I felt like more than the season. I don't know, man. When Reggie Bush was running down the field at Soldier Field, I thought, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this this thing. This I thought I might get to cover the Super Bowl. Because I was going to get to go cover the Super Bowl. Where'd they play that at? Do you remember? Super Bowl was in, uh, ooh. The Saints won in Miami. I don't know where the Colts and Bears played. Colts, Bears, Super Bowl. Because I barely even watched. I was so pissed off. It was outdoors because it rained some. I don't remember where that game was played. It was actually in Miami as well. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. February 4th, 2007. I was pretty excited about that. I was pumped. Colts beat the Bears 29-17. Yeah. Rex Grossman, the quarterback for the Bears. Yeah. I would have liked Drew Brees' chances better. Yeah, well, it is what it is. The week before that, when the Saints beat the Eagles in the playoffs. That was a fun game. It was as loud as a stadium as I've ever heard in my life. 27-24? Something like that. Yeah. Jeff Garcia was terrific that oh, day. Oh, that's right. He was so good. That's right. Jeff Garcia was on his game. I forgot about that. He he was, dude. I mean, he almost did it. It was, it was touch and go in there for a few minutes. He was so good. He was... He was that was as good of a quarterback performance in a losing effort by a no name that you'll ever see. Just shows you how hard he it had is. a three to five year run that was pretty good. Oh, he was good, good for the 49ers for a little while. You don't play in that league and produce if you're not good. It's too hard. Yeah, Sammy asking NFL practice squad question. Outside of the NFL Players Union, why can't NFL teams send player practice squads to the USFL? None of them rarely played an NFL game, right? Yeah, you don't you wouldn't risk injury and two it would make no sense for the players, frankly. They would not want extra workload that they are not getting paid adequately in their minds from an NFL salary standpoint. Um to go to the minor leagues yeah. and throw it around. That doesn't that is not. It, it's it's where back to frankly the bigger conversation we keep happening. It's where both sides have a certain number of rights, and it's fairly equal. And you go, nope, not not letting either side take advantage of the other to a to an extreme amount. That would that would be a problem right there. So that's why I don't know. 
Um, Andrew Benatendi headed to the Yankees from the Royals last night. Saw after, that. Uh, Yankees had a rough time with the Mets, but then they pick up Benatendi. Probably a sign that the Yankees don't feel like the Swan Soto thing is oh is real. A lot of buzz now that the Nationals aren't going to move him until the winter. That there's just they don't they're not going to do it without getting a package they're comfortable with. This winter in baseball could be really interesting. You've got the potential for the Soto thing, the potential for Shohei Otani being moved. I mean, frankly, it's what baseball needs. And potentially a Mike Trout injury situation where he's not healthy the rest of the year, and you go, what is he? What isn't he at this point? Well, when people start talking about rare back issues. Yeah, that's never a good headline. No, you read that and you're like, okay, this is a guy. If you've ever watched Trout play in person, Mm -hmm. and I have, I was fortunate enough to see him in Anaheim. He's a big man. I mean, Mike Trout on a football field would scare people. I mean, he is is a big man. He's well put together. He's got a big body. Mm -hmm. He plays the game hard. Runs hard. Like, he's that guy that when he's running from first to second, you know it's him. Um, he's got a lot of torque in his swing. You hear back and you go, ooh. That's the kind of thing that. It's not a perfect comparison, but it's almost kind of like when Nadal would get hurt. And you go, he's killing himself on every play. Yeah. Every swing. Is, is that manageable? But that's the way those guys play. Yeah. And, 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 so I think if you tell Mike Trout, dial it back, he looks at you like, I, I don't know how to do that. I became the best player in the world playing like this. Yeah, he has what is called, um, they say it's an uncommon condition, costovertebral dysfunction at T5, causes inflammation in the vertebrae. Um, they thought it was routine at first. It is not, and they think he could potentially miss pretty significant time. Now, look, the Angels are completely out of the race. They're five and fifteen since July first, and ten and a half games out of the wild card. Even I mean, it's over. Yeah, they'll but. shut him down for the season. He won't play anymore this year. The the issue they've got is, but can oh, you he, don't think so? You think oh, I, I think they'll shut him down for the year and try try to figure out what's a, going on, a path of action. And frankly, if you're the Angels, it's probably time to think about moving him. Because the question is you either move he and Otani or you build around both of them if you can do that. But they've proven they can't build around them. No. And Otani is one more year and then he's a free agent. And the clubs that will come after Shohei Otani will make it such that I don't think he stays there. Yeah, sure. I mean, the Yankees will throw an exorbitant amount of money at him. The, the the Cubs off the Cubs will have to or the fans will revolt. Um, I think. You know, you look at Boston, you look at the Mets, the Dodgers, I, Philly, who has a sneaky big market team that no one ever talks about, but their payroll is like fourth in the, in the bigs. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't see how it, I don't see how he stays in L.A. And so if that if if you're the Angels and you go into this off season, at some point. You're the laughing stock when you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and you can't even sniff the playoffs. You've got to figure out what you're doing wrong, and you got to get value for those guys. Well, you're doing a shit job of actually building a roster. Well, their ownership is bad. Yeah, you're not you're not building a team. 
You have two superstars and then nothing. Look at the money they spent on on um, Albert Pujols. The money they spent on uh, uh, Rondon. Rondon. Yeah. Not Rondon. Rondon. Yeah. Those just wasted contracts. They, they're paying a bunch of old guys in a sport that that's not the smart thing to do anymore. And yes, Trout looks like a linebacker. He looks like a. He's six two, two thirty five. He's a huge person. Wow. I mean, he is. He's a big man. Yeah, when you see him up close, you're like, whoa. That's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah, and. and Baseball's not a sport that's the big, strong guys hold up particularly long. You want longer, more leverish bodies, if yeah, you will. Flexible. Yeah. But he's a stud. I mean, he's a big dude, and he plays really hard. I mean, you can almost hear him running. Hmm. Okay. Um. Kind of dovetailing this into a couple different topics. Uh, I saw this morning they were discussing Golden State and the contract issue that they have coming up because, as, as you and I were discussing before the show started, the bill very much due for the Warriors. They yeah, have come do. You give the extensions, you try to pay everybody, and at some point, no matter how successful you are, there runs into a limitation on what can be afforded with a roster. And as it's coming up, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins, all do extensions. Graydon Thompson, obviously, been with Golden State for a long time. Everybody's aware of them. And then Poole and Wiggins, very much keys in their latest championship over the uh, over the course of the summer. They are all do extensions in one year? Uh, that is correct, yes, the way I understand it. So this will be the storyline hanging around them when they get started with their title defense. That is correct, yes. Um, market value for all of them, and I have a point I'm getting to here, is $564 million dollars. When you factor in luxury tax penalties, mm-hmm. market value extensions, the whole deal, five sixty four. Their owner came out um, and said that even four hundred million felt a little high for what was doable from a Golden State standpoint. Draymond Green is the the issue in this negotiation because if he were not part of this, I don't even think it would be a storyline because they could pay everybody else if they chose to do that. Now, what they choose to do with Clay Thompson, I don't know, but. Nonetheless, that would be an option. Green has two years left on his contract. The second year is a player option. He wants a max extension, duh. And they are not discussing anything with him because they typically will not discuss anything until there's one year left on the contract. However, it's $164 million over five is what Green is floating out there is a, is a number. A guy that I told Neil when I came in, he feels very overrated to me. Now, I understand chemistry and different things, and I, I get he's kind of the voice in that in that locker room. But my point being to all this is Golden State has won titles with a lot of different rosters, with Steph becoming one of the top couple recognizable names in sports for the most part. Yes. And – I mean, I don't think we realize how big Steph is. Sure. And – I guess my point is all fan bases go, yes, 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 yes. But there comes a point to where even when you're incredibly successful, if guys get too successful, you have to break it up. And their owner is in a weird spot here because no matter what he does, and this is kind of the overall sports point I'm making, is that he's pissing off players, fans, everybody. But at the same time, $564 million freaking dollars. Like, what do you do? Go to a Warriors game in Memphis and go to the Warriors hotel 
hours before the game and watch all of the little kids in the Warriors jerseys outside of the hotel. Okay. I went to NBA Summer League. One of the games that we went to was Thunder Warriors. Okay. okay. Um, Steph Curry wasn't at that game. He didn't play in NBA Summer League. Neither did Clay Thompson. Neither did Draymond Green. They don't have to. Um, the one, the the one second year player played the the kid who was a lottery pick a year ago, and I can't think of his name right now, and I'm almost embarrassed. Carson would hit me. Um, he played, but the point was is that the arena was full of Warriors fans. So they've built this incredibly popular franchise. Steph Curry sort of transcends the sport in a way that Major League Baseball wishes they had somebody who could do this. Sure. All these Curry jerseys, just everywhere. Grown men, little kids, Steph Curry, Warriors. The Warriors were losing a summer league game, and the fans were going, let's go Warriors, let's go Warriors. Oh, yeah, they're in it. In a summer league game. In a summer league game. It means nothing. Literally nothing. Literally. Literally nothing. In a summer league game where the Thunder had sat some of their dudes. The Thunder at that point, I I think that was the second game. Yeah. The Thunder had sat Holmgren and um, Jalen, the Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, the Jalen Williams from Arkansas played. Um, That's so confusing. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> and then um, and the other, the other rookie, uh, Usman, Usman Jang, had suffered a hand injury on Wednesday, so he didn't play. So this was, this was essentially, it was, uh, it was like Jalen Williams and Vic Krejci against the Warriors dudes. And people are all into it. The point of all that is you've got this this franchise that is so wildly popular. They built this new arena in San Francisco and, and it's sure. created all sorts of revenue. And yet from a financial standpoint and from a basketball standpoint, honestly Giving Draymond Green and Clay Thompson massive extensions that cause you to go so deep into the luxury tax that your payroll would be in, in, insane. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet if you don't do it, Steph's going to get pissed off. No matter what. Like. Well, Steph wants Draymond to stay. Steph wants Clay to stay. They're, they're legacy building at this point. And I, and I get that, and I get it's not his problem. But what does Steph suggest then? Yes, Kaminga. Kaminga was the one that played. Thank you. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. then what, Steph? What would you like me to do? Like, well, it's, it's the it, it, it's the way that the league is built. The league is built. It's again back to the, a conversation we had at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the week, when everybody goes, when Lane Kiffin goes, we're we're playing. He did it again on first take. We're playing pro sports, except. Pro sports are built for windows and parity and competition, and the NBA is designed to spread the wealth, to spread the player wealth. They don't want super teams. The way that the collective bargaining agreement is done with tax structure, and once you get it, you get repeater tax. And the Warriors have been in the tax for a while now. And so they're paying these huge rates, and at some point they've got to go, hey, we can't do it. Got to cut, got to cut, got to cut, which means – your winning window shrinks, maybe to the point where you can't win. 
And I'm sure that they're trying to maximize what's left of Steph's career. But at some point, paying Draymond and Clay because they what for what they've done in the past doesn't make sense for the future. Yeah, basketball and football, especially NBA, NFL, are built for windows and then forcing decisions because you can't just keep going and keep going and keep going for the most part. Um, it, it's 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 fascinating because you've got that on one side and then and yet Steph would say, "I just want a title," and he's not wrong. I just won a title. I, I, I beat John Moran. That's what he would say. I beat um, uh, Luca. I I beat the Celtics. We just won a title. Let us go win another title. That's that's what he would say. And look, and they're going to be together this year. Yeah, and sure. so this, some of the some of it's going to work its way out. Yeah. Because if Clay continues to look like the guy that is no longer Clay because of his Achilles. Well, that gets real simple, right? You just, yeah. but if you're the Warriors and you win another title this year, what do you do? And they they go into the season as absolutely one of the favorites to win the championship. Yeah, sure. If you win another title and you're the ownership, you're like, what do we do? But if you give the extensions, the maxes, you know that the year is coming that you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for a team that's not a playoff team. Oh, 100 percent there. And yeah. so that gets hard. There's yeah. probably a little private part of the Warriors ownership that's like, I wish a couple of these guys would break down. Yeah, sure. Yeah, make it easy, fall apart. Where the fans get it. Yeah. Podcast by Team Bart by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Minnesota County, Chattanooga, all underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E Community, MTG.com. Automation Control Systems, LLC, is owned by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. Uh, for more information, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Lamons Fine Jewelry is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Whatever your jewelry needs may be, engagement rings, wedding rings, watches, pearls, whatever, they've got it. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Our, uh, we talked about this yesterday, so I'll announce it here. Our live shows uh, Thursday night live shows will resume next Thursday. We'll get as camp will have started. We'll have football to talk about. Won't be long before we have football to watch. Those shows brought to you every Thursday night by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662 429 4429. Speaking of football, you want to make sure you get your gear ready for uh, the start of the season. Go to College Corner. It's your one stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In uh, Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I'll be taping a mind on my money in uh, a little bit. 
about an hour and a half or so from now. That's brought to you by Pinnacle. Go to mypinwealth.com to learn more. There's a lot of things happening in the uh, in the financial world today. <laughs> a lot to, to talk about. So we'll dive into that on uh, Mind on My Money and get that to you on the stream later in the day. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. Johnson Hill Creamery, great Instagram page. You can see all the things they're doing, including uh, in the last 24 hours, but pictures of how they do their homemade, housemade crackers every single week. Those goes in charcuterie boards and many things. If you want to know more about the uh, the charcuterie plates, they've got a late summer cheese class coming. That's on August 25th from 6 to 7.30 right there in their shop on White Oak Lane, just off Molly Bar in Oxford. Limited to only 12 people, so they get hands-on instruction if you choose to do that. So uh, all students also can take their com- completed charcuterie box home with you 662-419-9201 email cheese at johnsonhillcreamery.com remember to stop on in as they make all the cheeses locally and in-house every single day here in oxford again 662-419-9201 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So fans for the most part can at least understand the Warriors' dilemma. I mean, there'd be some crazy people. For the most part, they'll, they'll get it. On the other side... What the hell are the Cubs doing? So I, I'm probably going to write about this in 10 Thoughts. Yet, there's a, it's football time, and people probably don't want me to write about this in 10 Thoughts, but they are my thoughts. They are. And I was watching the other day. Cubs were playing um, Pittsburgh, wrapping up a short two-game series against the Pirates. Okay. The Cubs have come out of the break hot. They swept uh, Philly. 
They swept the Pirates. I don't know what they are. They're in fourth place. They're bad. But it was, in all likelihood, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ's final home game as Cubs. And Pat Hughes, who I think is one of the best broadcasters in, in all of sports, he's and I'm biased, I'm a Cubs fan. If you're a Cubs fan, Pat Hughes' voice is kind of soothing. You know, it's, you listen to it, it's it's a friend. Cubs are 11 and a half out of the wild card. And Wilson Contreras came up, I want to say it was in the eighth inning. He DH'd that day. Wilson Contreras has been in the Cubs organization since 2010. Is he really? Uh, they signed him as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old. He uh, made his debut with the big league team on Father's Day in 2016. He started Game 7 of the World Series. Been their catcher ever since. Is a um, bubbly, fun guy. Plays the game the right way. Good player. And a really good player. Multiple-time All-Star. A guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. And he got a standing ovation, and he got emotional. And if you're a Cubs fan, you kind of got emotional. And Pat Hughes says, great scene. And I thought, really? Doesn't feel great to me. I don't get it. Yeah, it's goodbye. You know, I didn't understand it. Like, what are you – why is this big market team for the second year in a row selling off? Not great. Ian Happ's only 28 years old. He just made the all-star team. He's had another year of team control. Why? You have this network, marquee, the marquee network. They do amazing stuff, man. They have some of the camera things they have are remarkable. You've got Boog Shambi as their day, daily TV guy. I mean, they, I, I'm, I'm going to guess Boog didn't come cheap. Mm-hmm. And so they're spending this entire day on this broadcast building it around the drama of Wilson Contreras probably playing his last Wrigley game as a, as a Cub because of the trade deadline and, and all that stuff that comes up on Tuesday. The Cubs were off yesterday. They're in San Francisco today for the start of a four-game series. They don't come home again before the break, before the deadline. And I don't understand it. A lot of people don't. And I look at the Cubs – and I heard some announce, some people saying this yesterday, finally. Some people in Chicago finally starting to say this. Why can't the Cubs act like the Yankees and the Dodgers? God knows you have the money. You suck, and the fans are still there. It's as loyal a fan base as you'll get. It is a national brand. They've become a national brand. Sure. If you say, hey, name the top brands in Major League Baseball, the Cubs are going to be in the first sentence. Sure. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs. Cardinals. Yeah. Then we get a little whatever. But yeah. And then you get into some others, maybe the Phillies, maybe the Braves, maybe the Mets. But the Cubs are definitely right there, and yet they don't they don't seem to want to be that. And yet you have this network that they built supposedly so that you would never have to sell off again. And here they are. And here they are. You're gonna they're gonna get rid of Wilson Contreras. And then on the and then on the flip side, there's a part of me that gets it. He's thirty one. If you give him a five-year extension, is Wilson Contreras a, a a productive major league catcher in his mid to late thirties? I, I don't know. The, it's the Ian Happ thing that gets me more than Contreras, and Contreras is more of a fan favorite because he was there in the World Series and he's just been such a guy. And 
Hap's career has not been as skyrocketed as, as Contreras's, though he is a very good player. I guess they'll ship them. They'll ship those guys off. They're going to trade David Robertson, which I get. They're going to trade a bunch of guys, and, 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 and they've built their farm system. Their farm system, which just a few years ago sucked. It's the one thing Theo Epstein did not do well in Chicago. They've begun to stock their farm system. They have some good young players. They've, they've found a couple of good young pitchers, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. Keegan pitched at Auburn. Is that right? He did, yes. That's correct. They've done a really good job developing him. He's starting to look like not just a major league starter, but a top-level major league starter. So they're doing some things well, but this offseason coming up for them, they have to go spend money, or else I think fans are going to start saying, Wait, this is what are we doing? You have ownership that was involved heavily in the pursuit of uh, Chelsea, the English Premier League team, and yet they appear to be going cheap in Chicago, and I just don't think it's going to work long term. I don't. I think from a fan standpoint, the word revolt, I don't mean literally revolt, but look, fans can always revolt just by not showing up. Are they getting hammered in the media? Starting to. Why has the media been so patient? Because they won in 16. They won in 17. They, they won for a while. And Theo Epstein, look, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Theo. What he did in Chicago was awesome. But sure. what he didn't do in Chicago was they didn't draft well. And they're paying for it. And I think people are finally starting to see that and starting to call out, call them out on it. And, you know, ownership has used the rickets. The ownership has used COVID that year and all the lost money and all that stuff as an excuse. But everybody else went through the COVID stuff too. The Yankees went through the COVID stuff. So did the Mets. So did the Dodgers. And, again, it's, that's the question. Why are you not spending like they spend? And now they're I, – I think – I think at the end of this season, they're, they're probably next week when the Contreras deal goes down, when Hap gets traded. I think the media is – obviously, you're not going to be writing about, hey, this team's – how they're going to – be. no, you're going to start asking questions about the offseason, and my guess is that the Cubs will be forced to spend. But they need to. Something I saw that – Yeah, Steele's a Mississippi kid. Oh. Yeah, Loosedale. Yeah. Georgia Rebel reminds me in the in the thread. And he, he looks terrific. There's a gambling story from the, with the Las Vegas odds maker on ESPN. It's mostly talking about USC, kind of what people are doing with them. Have they improved in power rankings? Because the odds are in spots where they're getting some national title futures picks from people simply because people believe they can make the playoff. And sure. if you make the playoff, you're just winning two games. Sure. Like it's it's as sound as anything outside of just taking Alabama or Ohio State for the most sure. part. Sure, if you're looking for a bargain, yeah. Yeah, and they said that where the bargain was or people thought the bargain might be, and it, it underscores because Ole Miss plays this team I'm about to mention, is how betters think is very interesting to me that maybe the most popular team in national top title futures outside of the big three that are just getting all the votes is LSU. And they said that it's, it's crap. I mean, LSU is not winning the national title, but the guy is mentioning that the reason the odds are changing so much is because money is coming in on them. And that from a gambler standpoint, they're getting to bet on a high profile new coach who yeah. has won everywhere he's been. Yeah. A traditionally historically elite program yeah. that has won national titles in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And the price tag that you're able to get, 
off of them because you were getting some 90 to ones, 100 to ones, things along those lines where people just started betting it. And now it's down to 55 to one. And he said, well, I'm not changing their power ranking. They still are the same team. It's just so many people were putting bets in at 90 to one that it moved the handle down to 55 at this point. But LSU getting tons of national title heat right now outside of that main group. And look, again, we're close to it. We know they're not winning the national yeah, title. I mean, but yeah, I don't. That's not even where I would throw a dollar. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Tyler threw his dollar on Oklahoma State. Oh. Says they're the best team in the Big 12. Only have to really win three games. And he thought in a year where. So if you beat Texas, Oklahoma, and somebody else. And Baylor. And Baylor, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean. But then at the same point, though, we give them no chance of winning through a playoff. Where they go beat Ohio State and then go beat Alabama. I don't think I so. Know. I don't think so. And, and to me, that's where, I mean, it's the crazy part about college football, right, is that you go into the season and you say, who, who has a legitimate who has a legitimate shot to win the national championship? And after three schools, you're like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Clemson? I, I, I'm not calling in Clemson just so easy. Miami? No. Miami's got a good quarterback. Um, you're not jumping on the Oklahoma train. No, I mean, it, it, Oklahoma came up the other day in that conversation, you know, because Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Lebby have worked together before, and the Oklahoma roster has talent on it. USC, they have Caleb Williams. The Pac-12 is is a is a cakewalk. If you just look at USC, if you pull up USC's schedule, we did it on McCready and Siski, it's like they play Utah and they play Notre Dame, and I guess they would conceivably play Oregon in a title game. That's it. There's nothing on the schedule. Wow. So, I mean, I guess they could run it. But do you think USC's winning a playoff? No. And so when you start getting back to it, three teams can win the whole thing. That's it. Three. It's it's the – That's a this. flaw, man. I'm trying not to be redundant because I know people listen to us every day have heard this over and over and over again. But it's why college football has thrived off different programs having different expectations – and most programs, quote, national title success is not actually a national title. But it also dovetails into we are changing as a college football fandom, as an ecosystem that we have with college football, where we have to get the playoffs expanded. You have to give teams more chances to get in. It has to look more like the NFL from a playoff model. And because of that, we have to stop getting so freaking caught up on number of wins because that's what factors into this is you don't go into a season. I mean, look at Ole Miss. Team that's in the SEC that played in the Sugar Bowl last year that has a lot of guys back, has one of the most exciting coaches in the country, all that kind of stuff. And we're not going, hey, what gets them into the playoff for the most part? We're going, okay, what gets them to 10-2? and What gets them to 9-3? and What what, what is getting into this record? We are still right here. Caught up on a record. It's How a flaw. Nine and three is oh god, that is so much better than seven and five, and that's the and, and I get it, I do. It's what we've always done. Yeah, sure. But that has to change as we get to a twelve team playoff. It has to be. How do you get in the freaking playoff? That is the answer. Whatever that looks like. I didn't know we were going here. I, yeah. I've shifted off the twelve team playoff. Okay. I'm for sixteen teams. Okay. And the only reason is that what you just said. If if 
the, if the goal is to make the playoffs, and that would absolutely be the goal, at 16 teams, you would have a lot more fascinating football. A 16, you're getting in eight and four. 12, you kind of got to get to nine and three. Yeah. But you'd have a lot. The truth is, the more teams you have in a playoff, college basketball proves this, right? We spend, we spend the first two months, the first two, the last two weeks of February and the first two weeks of March, locked in on teams that are go, trying to get the ten seed. We're not talking about the best teams. We're talking about, hey, this team in the SEC, man, they're like they're like ten and six right now, or nine and seven right now, and if they could win, you know what I mean. You're talking about those teams. So if if you expand the playoff to a place where, okay, you're an Iowa fan, pull them out. Sure. If for them it's like, hey, if, if we're ten and two, we got a shot to get in the playoff. And you get in the playoff, put that first round of games on campus. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's to me, it makes the season better. Yeah, you'll have a few games that are meaningless, but we. We could be on our path this year. Let's say Alabama runs the table, goes twelve and zero. Georgia runs the table, goes twelve and zero. Look at their schedules and tell me they can't. Sure, yeah, whatever. They absolutely can. Sure, that game's meaningless. They're going to play an SEC championship game that is meaningless, meaningless because they're they, they and they just got through playing one that was kind of meaningless. It was meaningful for Alabama because their only path in was to win, but Georgia didn't have to win that game to go to the playoffs. They didn't. They didn't win the game, and they didn't. And they went to the playoffs, and they won it. Mm-hmm. Georgia played a meaningless SEC title game. So when people tell you that well, that that would minimize the importance, that we just got through watching a team play a meaningless conference championship well, game. Look, we play meaningless week seventeen or eighteen games in the NFL all the time. All the time. It's built into the structure and fabric of the sport. We don't care. What? Okay, fine, whatever. On Tuesday, you go. Hey, they're going to sit Breeze today. They're going to sit Peyton Manning. That's all we really care about. Yeah. It's for fantasy purposes. Hey, what are they doing? Are they playing that and guy does, or not? And does, has that hurt the NFL? Nobody cares. I mean, has, has, it hurt, has it hurt the NFL? Not even. I mean, not even a little bit. No. Nobody cares. Not even a paper cut. No. Why? Because the playoffs are right around the corner. And once the playoffs get here, everybody's like, dude, I'm in. Playoff? I'm in. And I think that's where college football is. This is not a good – we're all going to cover it. We're going to get into it. And the first weekend's going to roll around, and we're going to be geeked up, and we're going to be fired up. But the truth is, like that Ole Miss-Texas A&M game last year, had there been an extended playoff, that would have been a much bigger game than just, wow, man, the Grove is packed. Yeah, winner's in. The win- winner's probably going to the playoffs, guys. Yeah. This is a big game. It would have made the Egg Bowl even bigger. Hey, Ole Miss, man! I mean, if they—if you win, you're definitely in. If, and if, then, if Ole yeah, Miss yeah, loses yeah. tonight, ooh, it's gonna be it's tight. Gonna be really interesting. Mississippi State can knock Ole, potentially knock Ole Miss out of the playoff. Well, now the whole country is watching. Yeah. Instead, they watch the NFL. Well, because you, you've got everybody watching because of just college football, and then you've got all, all the implications. But then, but you make it mean something. What's I'm saying? Like because you've got. I mean, I, I don't know. Pick your team, but you've got Auburn or LSU, whomever going. Hey, well, if Ole Miss could lose, we could sneak into that spot. Now we're doing this in our heads. Right. Where we're going. Instead, it was, hey, if Ole Miss wins, they go to the Sugar Bowl. Well, yeah. actually, it wasn't even that that night because you 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 had you didn't to, know what else was happening. You didn't know yeah, what else yeah, was yeah. going to happen. So, hey, if Ole Miss wins, they get to ten. Okay, okay, that means something to who outside of Ole Miss fans? Yeah. And again, if Ole Miss fans, it's awesome. And maybe that's and, and maybe and I've been saying that's always been the point. I've been saying this. Maybe that's enough. Yeah. Maybe that's plenty. But can we make it more? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll throw another game at you. Mm -hmm. If we had a 12-team playoff last season, people would have been looking back at that Ole Miss-Arkansas game, that one play, and gone, oh, boy, look how big that play was. Yeah. Because flip that game, say, just for a second here, K.J. Jefferson scores on that two-point play. They win 53-52. Well, now they're nine and three, mm-hmm. and in a playoff setting, if they go nine and three, and Ole Miss goes nine and three, and they have the head-to-head, is that enough? That's that would be the big debate. You can't you can't tell me that's not more compelling than when Arkansas played Missouri at the end of the year to go nine and three or eight and four. Yeah, we're hey, gonna go to Tampa now. This gets this gets you out of Jacksonville into Tampa. This yeah. means something to exactly nobody outside of an Arkansas fan. Yeah. And that that's all throughout the sport. I don't think it's healthy. It's always been fine, but we can have more. That's the point, I think. And that's I do think that's where we're headed, but we have to allow ourselves to change our perception to do that. That is the yeah. The part well, I mean, it's it's. I go back to what Kevin Warren said the other day about we're about to have three or four years of kind of tumult. But it kind of feels like we need the tumult. Yeah. Because what we're doing now, this is it's fine. And, and, and maybe it's plenty. Again, I'm being repetitive. I know that. Maybe it's plenty. Maybe people just go to the Grove and go to the whatever, wherever the tailgates are, and they get to see their friends and all that stuff. And, it, hey, we're playing today for the right to go to the Music City Bowl. Yay. Cool. And maybe that's enough. I just think, I think you can make the sport so much more exciting with one simple common sense fix. Yeah, let's break some eggs, make an omelet out of this thing. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer medicine. Fear prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with GNM. You can also transfer your medications easily. Just give them a call. They will do the rest. They'll handle it. You don't have to stay with that big box pharmacy. Move over to GNM. Let them handle all your local pharmaceutical needs. Again, that's 662-236-2222. John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis is the guy to go to if you want a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options that you're not going to find on your own, and you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought to you by Opa, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar uh, in Oxford. Uh, I had a mailbag up yesterday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573-662-842-3844. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. If you're in IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, they've got something that can help you. Get in touch with them. It's always free for the candidate, 662-832-5138 or service specialist ltd.com also brought to you by the rogue it's your destination for fine men's clothing they've got uh, 
stuff from all the top designers, Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, you name it, they've got it. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or the Rogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself every day. Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today. Get a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at Corinth dental.com and we're brought to you by southern traditions it's a 68 acre 32 stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in canton mississippi sand rings grass rings miles of wooded trails horseback riding offerings uh, beginner lessons just a lot going on at southern traditions farm also a great place to host an event so get in touch with ben hillary craddock uh, bowers cone Susan Walt, the people there at Southern Traditions Farm, Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. So I spent a few minutes there as the most casual NBA fan of all. That is a a, a mantle that you were getting a little bit with golf as well. Um, Bubba Watson headed to the Live Tour. Following the profile of guys that make complete sense to me on guys who are making this jump to the Saudi back tour who – are kind of out of any kind of national team appearances at this point. That part of their career is over. Some have been very successful. Bubba Watson, two-time Masters winner. Charles Howell III, just a human cash register, makes money every single week. Um, Those kind of guys jumping, you're starting to buy, in your opinion, that this is not something that's just going to go away from the very casual golf person, right? Yeah, I don't – is starting to read and sound like something that's real. That's a real threat. I mean, they look, they're adding events. Yeah, up to 14 next year. The purse keeps going up. The average purse next year, average, is more than any PGA Tour event not named the Tour Championship. So it's hard for me hearing that to go, well, it's growing. They're adding more money. They do the relegation thing that is wildly popular in Europe wildly popular okay like european soccer in case and there's in our thread right now people are discussing like real madrid and stuff i'm I'm, i can't keep up with it because i'm doing this but european soccer is wildly popular i'm 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 gonna give you an example i was in vegas we went to see chelsea play uh club america which is team out of mexico okay it was a friendly it was a first game of a Chelsea's American tour. Okay. Okay. Chelsea. Chelsea's in London. They are. Okay. London. There were kids, lots of them, mostly Caucasian, some African American kids with Chelsea jerseys on. A lot of Christian Pulichik, but not just him. By the way, when you watch him play, you're like, oh, okay, well, there's, there's a difference between, I mean, his feet are amazing. Um, it's a wildly popular sport in America. Those kids probably were not Londoners just sure. hanging out in Vegas. Yeah. Um, Fifty-seven thousand people at that stadium. It's a lot of pe- a lot of lot of a uh, lot of Mexican or Hispanic people that were big into uh, Club America. They were they were amazing to watch that night. I mean, they they did the songs and stuff the entire game. Yeah. Never stopped. It was incredible. Uh, it was really cool. 
But my point on that is to say this, is that that relegation structure and stuff is fun. It is. It, it creates, it's much like what we're talking about the college football playoff, it creates more meaningful games. Yeah, it's a layer that's really interesting. So LIV's doing that. They're adding that. They're making this more fun for more people, making it more interesting for more people. Yeah, look, I think they're real. I mean, I'm I'm the most casual golf fan that you could probably encounter. It's intriguing. And at some point, they're going to get a couple of these big names. They're, they're, it's, it, it seems inevitable. They're on the doorstep with me from that. I'm not ready to fully buy in, but there's a lot of rumors about Cam Smith, who just won the Open Championship. You know they're, you, you know they're at least going to throw mega deals at every under-30 star just to see what happens, because what's the negative in doing that? And two or three pop, and all of a sudden you go, whoa. Hold on. And if you're Cam Smith, for example. Yeah, sure. Now, you know much more about Cam Smith than I do. I know that he can putt like a bitch, <laughs> And he just won. But I don't know anything about his personal life. I don't know if he's married, if he's engaged. I don't, I don't know if he has children. I have no idea. Sure. But we'll just use him as an example. I'm going to guess there's someone in his life, whether it's a wife or a mom or a dad or some combination thereof, who finally says to him, and I'm just using him as a, a general hypothetical. Yeah, sure. God, Cam, that's a lot of money. It's one thing to be loyal to something. That's a lot of money. You know, Tiger Woods had a car accident. And you could have a car accident. You're made of flesh and bone like everybody else. Something could go wrong. You don't know, Cam, that you can play golf at this level. How many more years? All these young guys are coming up who can hit the ball five gazillion yards. Mm-hmm. How much longer can you? You're awesome. You just won. Yeah, he's 28. He's 28. God, that's a lot of money. And at some point, someone goes, it is. It's the kind of money that I just cannot turn down. And especially if you can still play in the majors. And, and that's that, to me, feels like the last big hurdle here that has to get, and I don't know how the PGA manages this without looking like crap. Because the PGA Tour doesn't manage any of the majors. They have no final say on any of the majors. And so all that really matters is this world golf ranking, right? The world golf ranking is the biggest hurdle remaining because the four majors are run by, obviously, Augusta National for the Masters, the USGA for the U.S. Open, the RNA for the British Open and the Open Championship, and the PGA of America, which is the teaching side of the PGA, not the PGA Tour. Those are the people that get to decide that question. Now, right now, they do not get World Golf ranking points in the live. Some of that's because they say you need a 72-hole event to get World Golf ranking points, and they don't. This is 54 holes. That's where LIV comes from. It's the Roman numerals for 54. Um, that's a huge problem because it's not whether they're in or out of the majors and then they're being banned. It's that if you never play in tournaments that give you World Golf ranking points, you eventually fall out of qualification to play in the majors because you don't have any world golf ranking points. Right. That's the problem. So if the L that has to be, and I'm sure it is, that's got to be Greg Norman's job one right now. Because if he finds a way to get world golf ranking points for his events, he's making the fields at least competitive enough to give those guys chances at points. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's okay. It's getting more competitive, it's getting by, more the, competitive. By, the, by the week. And if you get that, well, then suddenly, if you're the PGA Tour, you go, are we just cutting our nose off to spot our face at this point? I mean, I get we had all the power, 
But to what level do we have the power anymore? I don't know. And now, look, they're going to block that as much as, I mean, it's going to be the most political thing in the history of the world. But, ooh. But what about, like, TV ratings? Streaming numbers? Because, like, right now, I think they're only on YouTube or something. But I mean, if at some point they become so prevalent that that's what people are talking about and that's what people are watching, that's where the advertising dollar starts to go. I mean, there's stuff that could happen here. And again, they appear to have momentum, and they have all the money in the world to give their window of building momentum. Yeah, they're not going to run out of money. Because, again, this is being done to essentially, the, I think the word everybody keeps using is sports wash, where you use sports as a positive PR tool yeah. to bring in tourism and to get people talking about everything other than the thing you don't want them to talk about. Right. It's that whole deal of, if you don't like the conversation, just change it. And that's what they are currently trying to do right now. They're throwing money at it. Yes. A lot of money. Yeah. And so... I mean, the rumors are... I mean, Matsuyama at $400 million. And now his worldwide superstardom is what it is because Japan, but... To my point. $400 million. To my point. What is it worth to a Major League Baseball franchise to have Shohei Otani? There's not a number. I mean, where every Japanese person in the world suddenly becomes a fan of your team. Yeah. I mean, you literally sell millions of jerseys. I mean, you sell millions of Yankees jerseys or Cubs jerseys or Red Sox or whatever. What's that worth? Well, it's worth a lot. Sure. It's worth a whole hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. And so if he puts, Matsuyama puts all the eyeballs in Japan, there's a lot of eyeballs there on LIV. What's that worth? What's worth something? Yeah, not everybody is Rory and Jordan and Justin Thomas and these PGA Tour bell cows. So, yes, they they are making the correct decision for themselves 100%. For them, but for every one of those guys. And, frankly, the LIV is going to have more pull with non-Americans because not the people who grew up going, I want to win this major and I want to play on the Ryder Cup team and I want to do all these things. So they're going to have a harder time with Europeans in their prime and Americans. But there's a lot of other players that do not fit that those two small windows there that at least would have to listen. Yeah, I know nothing about Matsuyama's personal life. I, yeah, sure. I, right. I know nothing. But I'm going to guess that there's someone in his life who says to him, it's Hideki, right? It's Hideki. Hideki, $400 million. I, I mean, that's, that's generational wealth. And that doesn't count that you're playing for these stupid purses on top of that yeah, every I, week. All you've got to do is just sign up and, and join their tour and play their events, and you get that much money. I, I, I don't. How do you, how do you say no to that money? Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson combined on course winnings. Yeah, two hundred and fourteen million dollars. Yeah, I rest my case. Combined, there's someone in his life who says Tiger's hey. at one twenty eight ninety five and Phil's at ninety four nine five five. All time to the top, all time to PGA Tour career earners. So, what can the PGA Tour do to compete with the money? Well, they can't compete with these signing bonuses to that level because right. their structure does not. What they have to do in the and they've done a little bit of this, and this is way beyond this conversation. Listen to my show with Jonathan; he explains this much better than I can. He actually was on the PGA Tour. Um, they have to make it more lucrative and easier for the young, talented kids to get on the tour quicker and make more money faster. 
Yeah. Because forever, it's almost been like this cute cliche thing of you got to go through and grind and you got to go through the Corn Ferry Tour and you got to do this and you got to pay your dues or you got to have that one big tournament you win when you get a start here through a sponsor's exemption or whatever that looks like. Well, the little days come and go, no, you're not doing that. We'll just pay you $8 million bucks. How about that? You go, well, hell. I mean, because there's no guarantee you're going to make it. I mean, so how do you say for that? every Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, there's an Andy Ogletree from Mississippi who just got it hurt and flamed out. I mean, it just happens. Sure. Sports happen. Sure. There's a lot of other guys in that same boat trying to win, too. Oh, the line between. Look, I went to NBA Summer League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of cats on the NBA Summer League floor who are damn good basketball players. Sure. I mean, damn good. Who are never going to play in the NBA. No. I mean, they might get a cup of coffee. Yeah. They might make the end of a bench. But they ain't playing 18 minutes a night. No. No, they're never going to have a meaningful role. Yeah. But they're good. I mean, dude, I mean, I, I was watch, watching guys who were just like, who is that? Because that, that cat can shoot it. Yeah. I remember Shaq, uh, uh, Shackleford, I can't think of his first name, played at Alabama a few years ago. Hell of a good college basketball player. I watched him. I think he went for 18 one night in NBA Summer League. But I mean, that cat shows up at your YMCA for the he's running for the running. He's running the run. Yeah, I mean he's dominating. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's very difficult. The, the margin of error, the margin between great and just good, mm-hmm. is often pretty small. Yeah. I don't know how a young player in his twenties gets that offer and says no. That's fascinating. No, it really is. I it, mean, it's, you know, it's, you, it, it, it's why I don't. I, mean, I have no problem with like Justin Thomas standing up oh, and being. Sure. The, I mean, cool. Get, I get it. It's good PR for you. Yeah, but your message, it's kind of hollow. And there'll be some guys that go, "No, my career goal was to make enough money to be okay and play on Ryder Cup teams, and I'm going to do everything to sure. fit those those things." Sure. But I'll tell you, I'm turned off by the people that criticize the guys that take the money. Yeah, sure. Because I, mean, I, I, I think, well, what would I say to one of my kids? Because you've noticed even some messaging changes on like a Rory. He's calmed a little. It's just, it's it's slight, but it's starting to yeah. kind of. Well, what would you tell your kid? I mean, you t- I would tell yeah. mine, God, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you know, you. As the great Andy Kennedy once said, money cannot buy happiness, but broke cannot buy shit. Ask a hundred people, would you like to have a lot of money or not? Yes. The cousin of Sinquez Golson's dad who said, if it don't make money, it don't make sense. I mean, uh, the guy that goes, well, I don't really want the money. Okay, well, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no further interest in having a conversation. None. I mean, because we, we have nothing in common at this point. So I, I, it's – but LIV is interesting. It gets more interesting because when it first started back in whenever that was, I thought, ah, it's – that's cute. But this is where we're not. This is not really something to follow. This is this is not going to be talked about for long. And now it's pretty obvious. They need that young no guys in their prime, and they need nice guys. Those are the two things. Yeah. they need nice guys, and that that is what. And I'm closing here because I, I cannot go on this forever, and I got to stop. They still haven't gotten the guys in their prime. See if they can grab a Cam Smith. See if they can grab a. They're not going to get Colin Morikawa, but that kind of guy. Yeah. But they have at least gotten some. 
I get Bubba's weird, but Bubba's got a more positive Q rating than negative. People, sure. for the most part, go, ah, especially as he's gotten older. He's whatever. I like Bubba. Nobody has a real problem with Charles Howell III. They are starting to get some dudes who are just good dudes. Henrik Stinson's well, a good guy. And you and I talked about this, and there's a real simple PR answer to, hey, you know, there's a lot of bad things that happen in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right? The answer to that is, I play golf. I'm a golfer. That's what I do. I'm not a diplomat. There's bad things that happen in my country. My golf game can't fix that. I play golf. This is an opportunity for me to play golf and to make more money. And most people are motivated in part by money. So I can't fix the world with my golf game. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's an easy – if Tiger Woods can't fix the world with his golf game, I sure as hell can't. So – you know, I don't. I don't think this is a reflection on my character that I'm taking money to play golf. Yeah. All right. Wide range topics on the show today. We're we'll back with you uh, soon. Hope all of you have a uh, a wonderful week and weekend. We've got a um, got football starting next week. Yeah, we got to answer the question. I'll, yeah. I said it earlier in an ad break, but I'll, I'll answer it for Sammy here and for anybody else interested. No HRG Henry's guys tonight, um, but we'll start back. Next Thursday, and we'll be rolling all through the football season, all the way through the Super Bowl at a minimum with the uh, the Thursday night shows. So we'll get back with those next week. Um, we talked about doing it this week, but today's not a today, today's a weird day for me for reasons I can't really get into. But um, not not today. We'll we'll start next weekend. We'll start next week, and we'll start rolling at that point. Yeah. So it'll probably be a wonderful day, Rebel Grove. In the meantime, we'll talk to you again soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.